Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. This week, we will be airing our Good Friday and Easter messages, and we pray that you will be blessed as we have been in this special season. Here's Pastor Ryan. Now Jesus stood before the governor. And so we were just told, uh, well, two things. First, Jesus was taken to Pilate, Pontius Pilate. And the reason why he was taken to the Roman governor is because, as you know, the Jews were forbidden to carry out capital punishment. It was taken from them by the Romans. They were way upset over it. But if they wanted to kill a criminal, they had to go through the Roman authorities. They needed the Roman uh, authority to do so. And that is why Jesus is sent to Pilate, where his civil trial will begin. Um, But then Matthew cuts into, well, what happened to Judas? As you see, he was remorseful. But his remorse did not lead him to repentance because he killed himself. Okay, he killed himself. It didn't lead to repentance. Jesus said it would have been better if he had never been born. So Judas can't say the devil made him do it just because the devil possessed him. He was a willing participant. If not, God could not judge righteously. But he didn't. He was remorseful at the circumstances as all that's going down. Perhaps that Jesus, an innocent man, was being killed even, but not to the extent that he was willing to believe in Jesus Christ to salvation, to follow him. All right, so Judas hangs himself. And then it goes back to Jesus. Jesus stood before the governor. And Pontius Pilate is an interesting man in the history of of history. A hardened, experienced judge who would be able to judge a trial uh, pretty straightforward and with discernment. You know, just, just experience factor. Judges have that gift from God. We are told from Josephus that Pilate was in hot water with Caesar because of something he had done to provoke the Jews prior to that started a riot. And he's on thin ice and trying to keep things cool during the feast there in Jerusalem. And so Jesus is before the governor and the governor asked him saying, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, it is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word so that the governor marveled greatly. And, and again, we just see the wisdom of, of our Lord and just being quiet at this at this time as a sheep before its shears just playing it super cool jesus is facing Pilate, but in reality Pilate is facing jesus everyone's on trial here folks the religious world in the sanhedrin the political world the jews and gentiles the whole world is on trial what are they going to do with jesus who are you Are you the king of the Jews? It is as you say. And Jesus has so much interaction with Pilate that is very cool to read in the Gospel of John. You know, what is truth and all of that? You'd have no power unless it had been given to you by my father when he tells him that. When Pilate says, don't you know I have the power to release you? There's such beautiful dialogue between them. 
But we'll stick with Matthew. In verse 15, it says, Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want to release, for me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Wow. The one thing's clear about Pilate is that he knew that Jesus was innocent. Time and again, we're told that he wanted to release him. He wanted to set him free. And is trying to find a way to appease the religious rulers. Hey, you know, it's that time of year again when we release a prisoner. How about Barabbas? You like him. He hates Rome. And that wouldn't suffice. They said, you know, let, let Barabbas go and crucify Jesus. So just the release of a prisoner wasn't going wasn't gonna to suffice for them. They, they would still want Jesus dead. And then you have his wife here. Just say to him, have nothing to do with that just man. Like Matthew wrote that. Like he was just. Jesus didn't sin. He was sinless. He was a sinless lamb of God without blemish. It's our sins. And the gospels make that clear so that we know it's for us that he's there. For our sins. He's just. And Pilate wants to let him go. His innocence is evident. Perhaps if he released Barabbas, they would be appeased. And they all said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, let him be crucified. Now, in between this, when Pilate had heard he was a Galilean, he immediately sends him to Herod, the Tetrarch of Galilee. You know that whole thing, he goes before Herod, and Jesus doesn't say a word to that guy. And Herod wanted to see him because of all the miracles that Jesus had, had done, and he wanted to see him do a trick. And then Herod and his men, they mocked him, they put a, a royal robe on him and sent him back to to Pilate. And so Pilate would say, look, I don't see anything wrong with them. Herod doesn't see anything wrong with them. He doesn't say, and my wife. <laughs> it's just, he's telling them. There's nothing wrong with them. He's innocent. I'll release Barabbas. And then we're told that that's when he scourged the Lord. He flogged them. He ordered Jesus' flogging to appease them, that they might see just... Jesus being tortured and then have pity and, and say, okay, let him go. And the scourging, as you know, was brutal. We can only imagine how brutal it is. The law said that it was, that scourging was to be 40 stripes minus one, so 39. Flogging was used to draw out a confession from criminals. Come on, tell us you did it. Tell us what, what really happened. Tell us what you're guilty of. So if a prisoner, if a criminal, would not confess to anything, then, then the beating was worse and worse and worse. And that is what took place with our Lord. It got worse and worse. These Romans probably never, ever saw a man take that before. Ever. 39. 39. And it was with the cat... Oh, nine tails, it's called, and it's not like cat of nine tails, it's cattle nine. It's a nautic term. It's, there were ropes that were, 
used on ships back then that they made a a whip of, of with ropes and it was nine tails and they put metal and glass and bearings like weights and would just tear somebody up. And the Romans, man, were just brutal. And that was for us. It's like, put the spiritual aspect aside. Then there's physical. Put the spiritual side as, uh, aspect aside and think about the spiritual. I mean, the physical. I mean, it was so heavy for his spirit and then for his body to just be brutalized like that for something that he did not do at all, completely innocent, and just took it. And that is when we read that the soldiers in verse 27 of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. And so these troops, after he was scourged, They mocked him. They put a purple robe on him. They put the crown of thorns on him. And they began to bow down before him and do that Roman Nazi salute. They got on their knees and were mocking him. With the reed, they struck him on the head with the reed. Like there's no mercy. Even even when his back's like that and he's all, this is late in the day. He's been up all night. It's early in the morning, but it's late in the day for the Lord. He's been up all night. And they sent him back to Pilate. And I'm going to go back to that because I skipped a whole bunch of verses. But because the other Gospels put a different timeline. So if we go back, they sent him back to, to be crucified. They sent him back to Pilate. And Pilate was hoping on bringing him out and displaying him before the rulers and say, you know, is this enough? And when he brought him out, remember what he said? Behold the man. Because I know those dudes had not seen anybody take it like that, ever. And they don't even know what's going on spiritually. Ever. No one. Many people have gotten scourged. Many people have gotten beaten, spat upon. But not with the spiritual aspect that our king was dealing with. And when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Pilate can't wash his hands of this crime. It's his crime as much as it is theirs. You can't say, oh man, you know, I'm not a a part of this. I'm washing my hands when it's your decision to either release or to crucify Pilate can do the motions. Pilate can say what he wants. It's dramatic. Can you imagine them bringing out a a basin of water and he's just like in front of everybody? Here's our king drenched in blood and, and he's washing, and Pilate's washing his hands like it's nothing. Like he can just absolve himself of any guilt. No. You can't ignore Jesus. 
You can't ignore who's right in front of you. And that's the message to the world. Everyone's going to have to decide to either love Jesus or not. And the Bible says to kiss the son lest he be angry. The stone that the builders rejected was the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And everyone must choose what they want to do with him. And that's the story of his trial. What will we decide? What will the world decide? There's nothing more important than that fact. What are you going to do with Jesus who is the Christ? And that is what we need to lovingly teach our children and our grandchildren. In this world, it, it's not about your career only. It's not about your schooling only. It's not about who you're going to marry only. It's about what are you going to do about Jesus Christ? God is not going to ask us about our grades when we get to heaven. He's going to ask us what we've done with Jesus. Who is Jesus to us, to you? And if he is the Son of God, the Christ, then why aren't we serving him? If he's a king, if he's our king, why aren't we serving him? Because maybe he isn't our king. I know that's a hard one to swallow. But Paul would say, examine yourself to see if whether you're in the faith. Decisions at the cross, yes. Simeon, when baby Jesus was brought by Mary and Joseph, remember? Oh man. He says, the hearts of those in Israel, he's, he's going to be a sign for them. Like, like many's hearts will be revealed for either good or bad. For the rise and fall of Israel. Those who believe in him, the rise. Those who don't, the fall. Like It all matters what you do with, with this child, the Messiah. And he told Mary, and a sword shall pierce your heart. And she was there, guys, during all of this. And the women were there during all of this. All the people said, his blood be on us and on our children. And then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. The Jews have suffered because of the rejection of their Messiah. They have badly. But God is not done with them. Just like God isn't done with us. We got to pray for Israel. Keep an eye on Israel. Pray that they come to know Jesus. Man, I don't think you can go to a restaurant in, in Israel right now without a green pass that you've been vaccinated. It's like, I get it. Let people choose. But to just say you can't go to a restaurant or the gym unless you do? Man, that's Nazism. That's crazy. That's cuckoo. And of all people, it's being done there in Israel. I don't know what the future holds, but I'm sure glad that Jesus is in control. Now, verse 32, as they came out, they found a man of serene, Simon, an African, from Africa by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, Calvary, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, to numb the pain. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. 
Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Simon of Serene, compelled to carry the cross. Would you... Would I carry the cross? Would you carry the Lord's cross? On this day, we all would like to say, absolutely. Yes. Compel me. Please. It would be my honor. Please. Yes. I know. Most of us would carry that for him. Jesus said in a spiritual sense in Matthew 16, 24, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He's still asking us to take up our own cross. Or to take up that instrument of self-death, of death. No longer live for yourself. doesn't matter what, what our understanding says. We're going to do what God asks us to do because he's God. And we love him. If he did all that for me, shouldn't I carry his cross? Shouldn't you? Shouldn't we make ourselves available to serve him? Paul would say, it's your reasonable service. After all that he's done, it is so reasonable to do what needs to be done. And I think there's a lot to be done still. It's 2021. The world is cuckoo and we're in it. There, he's got to have something for us to do. But rather than sit in our laurels and sit up upon works of the past, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't work in, in, in my past. I mean, we can look back at service in the past and say, wow, wasn't that nice? Wasn't that cool? We, you know, the Lord used us in the past. Wasn't that great? But the Holy Spirit isn't like working in the past. The past is gone. Or we can sit around and say, one day, one day I'll serve, I'll serve one day, I'll serve one day. And the Holy Spirit isn't working in the future. God anoints the right now. The right now. What are you going to do right now? And the Holy Spirit says, good, I'll, I'll empower you. But I, frankly, I feel the Holy Spirit doesn't empower me if I'm not volunteering to be used by God. Oh, just help me to live my life and just love you, love others. Guys, it's, more, it's a little bit more than that. It's like, use me today to share the gospel with somebody. Lord, a divine appointment. Lord, a healing, a blessing, a change. Change me, mold me, shape me. What can you Like totally active and enthusiastic about what God wants me to do now. So that the Holy Spirit, we can see him work. Oh, look at the Holy Spirit. Bam, 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 bam. Right in front of me. Not like, oh yeah, one day the Holy Spirit's going to use me. The world, man. Sometimes they do more walking with their talk than the church does. Jesus said the sons of darkness are shrewder than the sons of light. They work harder, they talk the talk, and they walk the walk. And, and oftentimes churches, and nothing. Crickets. I want the Holy Spirit to move in my life. I have to be willing every day, use me. And not be checked out of mind when it comes to God. Like waking up and just living my life and saying, oh yeah, thank, you know... Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Thank you for my breakfast and then move on. Thank you for my lunch and then move on. Go to work, come home. Go to work, come home. Go to work, come home. There is life in the present where we're at and God wants to move in our life. 
So, carry a cross, serve, serve. What are the needs? Whatever the needs, you know what I mean? Whatever the God shows you what the needs are. Yeah, we'll all only fulfill the needs that I want to fulfill the needs. And ignore the other needs that are there, because I don't want to fulfill those needs. So he surely is calling someone else to fulfill those needs. And the Romans divided his garments according to scripture. They gambled for him. They gambled at the foot of the cross. It was there that Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they pierced his wrist on each side and his feet. The crucifixion was invented by the Persians, but perfected by the Romans. It was such a brutal way of death that it was illegal for a Roman citizen to be killed that way. Illegal. No matter what a Roman citizen did, they were not going to get crucified. They say that you die of uh, losing your air, that your lungs collapse because it's a, a torture where your arms are you know, above your heart and you're hanging there and they, they say it's, it's the breath, it's the lungs that give out and they hold, they hold themselves up with their legs. And, but nobody really knows. However, they say that it's actually from a broken heart from a heart rupturing because of the stress and anguish of a crucifixion, that it's, it's the heart that just explodes. Heart attack. Can't handle it. We don't know. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said he saved others himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He healed others himself he cannot. He saved others. I still believe that God can heal. I still believe that Jesus Christ can do miracles. And not always does he answer our prayers for healings, but he gives us the strength to go through the trial if the healing doesn't come. And there's a different form of healing within the non-healing, if you get my point. There's a growth, there's a challenge, and it's hard when we don't get what we've prayed for. However, the Lord teaches us so much. Sometimes he heals people indefinitely by taking them home to him. And we learn to be strong. He still heals, but they mocked him. They don't believe, but do we still believe? Do we still believe that we serve the great physician who has our very breath, our very life in his hands? No one can touch us if we believe that. No one can touch you and I without his permission. You ain't going to die and neither am I unless he approves it. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who crucified him reviled him with the same thing. Jesus, as you know, was crucified at nine in the morning, which was the third hour in the Jewish time. Nine in the morning. And we know that one of the thieves would repent about two and a half hours later, right before 12 noon, one of them has a change of mind. And in Jesus' second words from the cross, think about this, exhausted beyond exhaustion, 
spiritually tortured as well as physically. Yet the Lord would look over at the thief who says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was enough. The Savior came to save sinners and that was enough. We have a, one last person repenting. And, and, and as tired as our Lord was, he got it out to tell him his second words on the cross, which is, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in heaven. Not in a few days, not in a thousand years, today. To be out of the body is to be present with the Lord today, paradise. As weak as he was, our Lord said that. And then he looked at his mother Mary, and he said, Dear woman, behold thy son. And he told John, the only disciple there, Behold thy mother. And from that day forth, Mary went to live with John the Beloved. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chairman.